Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first uh, I'm gonna read the first the first ten verses. Now listen carefully, my son. Do not forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. That's the prosperity I believe in. Okay, let love and faithfulness never leave you. That's the theme of our thought this morning. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Now trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil, and this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Okay? Now the thought for you this morning, and it is a thought, is the following. The perfect combination. I happen to like the way God puts things together. It's very difficult, okay? But it's so truthful and beautiful. That third verse. Let me tell you what the other translations of the Bible say. The NIV says love and, love and faithfulness, which is the clearest trans translation of scripture today. I particularly use the Living Bible simply for clarity. But here is one time when the NIV has a greater clarity than the Living. The Living says the following, loyalty and kindness, okay? And the King James Version says mercy and truth, okay? I go back to the NIV and it says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Now, when we talk about love, it's an unending theme. Because somehow or other, we can get away from anything. We can get away from the environmental needs of the earth. We can get away from whatever. But when it comes to love, it's our most powerful emotion. It's our most powerful emotion. And at the same time, in its purity and in the heart of it, okay, it's also one of the most beautiful experiences. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a never-ending gamut of experiences. And we have to watch out because, you know, some people love pizza, okay? And some people love, uh, you know, you know, the word is used so glibly, the word is used so como quiera, uh, whichever way it comes out. But, but in particular, let me tell you what God, what the Bible talks about love. And the Bible is not missing a beat, okay? The Bible talks about love. It talks about family love, and it's called filio. That's the word, filio, family. And, uh, and love of family. And, it, and it's portrayed in the life of the kings of Israel. It's portrayed in, in Adam and Eve. It's portrayed in the prophets. It's portrayed in, in, 
every facet of life, the New Testament also. Then there's an, another facet of love, and that is called eros, which is the sexual love, the connotation of love between man and woman. You see, we are plagued with pornography, and we're plagued uh, with such filth. Can you imagine you can't sell a bar of soap without a naked body? Isn't that interesting? And then they used to hold up palm olive and say, this is the best, this is the best, this is what the athletes use. This is now it's not that way. Now it's half a body and you looking to see if you can get in the TV and see the other half. <laughs> what, what can I tell you? Isn't it the truth? I, I see advertisements for things and I say, oh, forget it. And I think the filthiest ones in the world are the jeans. I mean, they, 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 you see the ripple and the rolls uh, and the positions and the plays. Ay, Dios mío, bendito, give me a break. <laughs> My brother's taught me something so cute <laughs> because it takes the music and the words, right? When, when, it, when it comes to advertising, Bob, Bob sticks in the mute. But I'm afraid because by the time, it's almost two or three minutes, right? I fall asleep. And when I open, I'm listening part of my program. I said, well, wait a minute, Bob, how do you manage? He says, no, I fall asleep too. So he doesn't manage either. But the truth of the matter is, love is like, you know, it's like Pepsi-Cola, it's like Coca-Cola. And that, that's not what the Bible says. But let me go back to the thought of sexual love, eros, erotic. We've turned it into filth, we've turned it into pornography, we've turned it into, oh, but listen, and that's why some people have enough nerve, enough audacity, they're so sick that they say the Bible has a pornographic book. The first time I heard this, I went home and read the whole book. Song of Solomon's. Song of Solomon is a love story in its purest form. And can you imagine the authors and the students of the Bible compare that book with the love of Christ and his church? So you have to know the, the beauty of it, the, the, the absolute, uh, what shall we say, powerful explanation of love. And it's explained in the bodies of two people madly in love. So Eros, it's there, it's in the Bible, it's right in the right place, in the right time, with the right person. And the seal of approval doesn't come from good housekeeping. It comes from God and the Word of God. Hallelujah. All right? So I, I, I talk like this to kids because it's important that they know. It's important that they know that God hasn't left anything out. God hasn't left anything out. Uh, we, we, we were not, you know, sometimes you see things and you say, hey, wait a minute. But where is, where's the boom, boom, boom? And where is the, it, it's there, hold steady, it's there. Let's, let's go on. Now there's another love that's taught in the Bible and that is Bible love, God love, and it's called agape. And agape, Paul used it when he says, let us get together in the love of the Lord. And that's why sometimes in churches you will see an advertisement for an agape feast which means the fellowship of the saints sitting around a table and enjoying the presence of the Lord and enjoying the love of God. And it's the love of God that's so beautiful. So as far as love is concerned, yes, it's a powerful emotion. Yes, it, it's a beautiful emotion. But let me give you the biblical definition in terms of the superlative. 
And the superlative definition-wise is this, God is love. God is love. In other words, when we hit the pinnacle, when we hit the foundation and the force that holds us up and the truth that lifts our heads up, there it is, it's God. God is love. God is love. And, and the whole Old Testament is a story of love. Love for a nation through which Messiah would come. Uh, love for a people. And, and then, then you have the, uh, the prophet Hosea, uh, where God told him to go get a wife uh, among whoredom. And he says, Lord, I can't. It's, a, it's against the law. She should be stoned. You want me? And he says, yeah. Then he expresses and he says, Israel won't understand it any other way. They have gone into whoredom. And I still search after them. And when he brings her home, he says, now what, God? In other words, I've obeyed you, now what? Then God says, love her. Uh-oh. Mm. That's difficult. But you see, with God, all things are possible. And he does love her. And then you know what happens. She fails him again and goes back to her old life. He's left with two children. Doesn't it sound like a saga of today? Yeah. And then the prophet says, what's the use? In other words, you're making a guinea pig out of me. You're making a fool out of me. He says, no, I'm not. You're just being used to tell the world what they do to me. And you're my servant, and you can do it. I love his consolation. And that, that's, that's the story of love. God expresses his love for us. How many times have we gone out? How many times have we left God? How many times have we declared that our human needs are greater than any biblical truth? Well, go ahead and do it. Only you will continuously be buried by your human need. Because this body is like hell. It's never satisfied. It's never satisfied with money. It's never satisfied with food. It's never satisfied with the goodies of earth. It's never satisfied with how much it wants. And that's why there comes a time where only the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I, I tell you one thing, I've learned that God doesn't give you anything till you give it all up. Until God knows that it doesn't mean a thing to you. Until God knows that it's almost like garbage in front of you. Then he can trust you with anything that he wants to give you. That's the way it goes. Now God is love. The New Testament proclamation of love is the greatest. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there it is, love. Now love is not to be feared. And in this great book of Proverbs and the book of wisdom, this book of wisdom, Proverbs, because there is a book of wisdom that's uh, uh, that is part of the Apocrypha, which is not Bible, religious writings, but it's not Bible. Uh, but in the book of Proverbs, listen to this. It tells us when we believe in God, love becomes a factor in our lives. And if we don't love, we don't belong to God. First John 4, from 7 to 12. So in order to to consider yourself a loving person, 
You say, well, I'm, I'm loving, but I, I'm not religious, but I'm loving. I know I'm loving. I'm caring. Well, let me tell you something. That's a gift from God. You may not acknowledge it as such, but it is a gift from God. Your ability to love your children, your ability to love your wife and your home, that's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Now, the book of Proverbs puts in a combination, and that combination is, uh, there's a word in Spanish for it, fastidioso. It's fastidious. It says love and faithfulness never leave you. Okay? Now what are we talking about? In any type of marriage, whether it's people marriage, whether it's corporate marriage, whether it's church marriage, whether it's political marriage, what am I talking about marriage? In other words, the things in which you are involved in, the things that are important to you. Some of you people have very important jobs. We have, hey, maybe a dozen school teachers in our congregation. Your job is important to you, very important. We have several accountants among us. We have, hey, same amount or more of police officers. We have lawyers. We have so many people among us, therapists. So many people among us. And I have to tell you something. If you don't love what you're doing, you're not doing it well. And you're not giving your best. So what I'm trying to say it in a certain sense, you've got to love what you're doing. So in any marriage, a certain amount of love is necessary. I really mean that. I've asked God to help me love the people in my building. There are 89 apartments. And I tell you, sometimes we don't even look at each other. People walk out of that building, they, they, they don't have their eyes closed, but they don't see anything. They walk in and out. And I say to myself, oh, God, help me. No, I don't want to look like a laughing hyena. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not out for that either. But I do want to say good morning. I do want to say good evening. I do want to say hello. I do want to say how are you. It, to me, it's important because we're under one roof, whether we like it or not. And it's important. Now, let me go on. Love will be the emotion. Let me tell you what this emotion entails. It entails power. It entails fire. It's overwhelming. It's a glorious feeling. Have you ever had a child come home and tell you she's in love? I had three. Okay. Joseph, you never came home to tell me you were in love. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's beside the point. It's, it's, maybe, maybe it is a woman's thing, right? I don't know. No. How many men came home and, and said they were in love? Any, any, any volunteers? Oh, you're a chicken, all of you. <laughs> Okay, that's what you are. Why? Sometimes love can be quiet, but very compelling. Very compelling. Uh, my mother used to have a word, but, but I can't remember it. Like when you, when you fall in love mystically, you see a person, you don't even know them. The thing is, they go by your apartment, they go, you know, mystically, ah, oh, mm, mm. okay. It's not really love, but I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm talking about feelings right now. And healthy love feelings are positive, are positive. Now, all the above can turn out to be uncontrollable if it's left to itself. 
and it may not be sufficient for success. Solomon gives us the perfect combination, faithfulness. What's the difference between love and faithfulness? I will tell you. This is the action impositive faithfulness. The action impositive. There's part of the wedding vows that says, you shall keep yourself for only this person until death do you part. Well, lots of people have torn the whole page out of that commitment. They don't want it. And many people say, no, 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 we'll, we'll make vows to each other. We, we don't want anything in the book. Nothing in the book. I, I, I said that to a couple the other day. They said they didn't want anything in the book. I says, well, then you'll have to take something from me. And I says, well, all right. They got a double whammy. Okay. But they were pleased, and I married them. Okay. Now, this will be action in the positive. What, do I, what am I talking about? Faithfulness. It's action in the positive. It's the way you say no to an illicit romance. It's the way you say no to the oncomings of a woman or a man. You don't have to be unkind. You don't have to be ugly. Matter of fact, you were chosen not because you were unkind or lovely or ugly. You were chosen because there was something nice about you. You can respect that, but let me tell you something very carefully. You have to make your exercise a decision. And what is that? That you will be faithful. That's the exercising of the decision. And let me tell you, let us know how it love, real love, lets us know how to handle, okay? And confirm love. Faithfulness does this. Faithfulness helps us to, to get a handle and a confirmation on our love. You say, Sister Amy, I'm not, I'm not fully understanding. Well, I'll make it real clear now. Faithfulness brings ethics to bear. Faithfulness brings truth to bear. Faithfulness brings a higher power to bear. And that's the whole explanation of faithfulness. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has nothing to do whether they like or dislike you. It has nothing to do with the guarantees that you've given yourself and haven't worked out. It has nothing to do with that. The scripture says love and faithfulness is a perfect combination. So what does that mean? It means you're going to have the emotion. You're going to have the tingling. You're going to have the bells. And if you don't have them, don't worry about it. You know you love that person, and let me tell you something. Love is an act of the will. You will to love. Today we're expecting too much. We read too many novels. We see too much TV. And everything ends up in whatever they think is right, and it's not right. And it's not right. Uh, I've I got to tell you something. This, this is me. This is me. I read. I read everything. You know that. And I was reading about one of the programs on TV where there is a certain lady which professes not only to be a lesbian, but also professes that it's about time the world wakes up to know how right it is, to know how beautiful it is. And anything the producers or the writers want to put into her script, she'll go with it. And she has gone with it. 
and personally. Call me little, call me insignificant, call me bias, call me fanatical. I don't see the program anymore. I don't have to see it. I don't have to see it. Where anything is pushed ahead that is absolutely contrary because that we bring a story where it's uh, where lives are mixed up i understand that that we bring a story of of whatever happened for somebody to get this or get that i understand that i'll accept it but when the producer and the stars and the writers are in co co-union in co-union to say this is right young people it's okay I'm just a little nobody. But you know, I got higher connections. And I talk to my God. And I know that he's in charge. You know, that's, that's the cutest thing about this whole world. That's the beautiful thing about whatever is happening. When my God says it's enough, it's enough. When my God smells enough, uh, enough filth. And there's only one thing that has made God puke fire from heaven. You look it up in the Bible. I'm not even going to tell you. There are things that brings it to an end. You know why? You know why? Because it's a denial of creation and it's a denial of his power and it's a denial of what you're here for. And when you've set your mind into that, there's nothing anybody can do for you. We continue to pray. And you know and I know that I was a prison chaplain for 10 years in Bedford Hills Correctional Facility where 90% of the activity can be homosexual. And how did I take that? Well, simply, when you have things that are unnatural, and incarcerating men by the thousands in a, a building, and incarcerating women by the thousands in a building, and sometimes for a lifetime, the only thing it can produce, if it doesn't produce repentance, and if it doesn't produce God in, into their lives in some way, it can only produce the unnatural. So what do you do with that? I simply keep telling the truth. I pray, I teach. When they ask me, I tell them the truth. And for 10 years, I shared my heart, condemned no one. But when it comes to what they want to do with us in this society through their mass media, I just say later for you. Later for you, I don't need it. And somehow or other, we'll have to come to that conclusion. Faithfulness bears and brings ethics to bear. Listen, in marriage, there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong. And you don't have to be religious to know it. There are things that are right and there are things that are wrong, and we know them. So I would have to say to you right now, from the bottom of my heart, that God gave us the best combination. And what is that combination? It's love and faithfulness. Sister Amy, I got to tell you something. Love can get pretty, uh, it can turn sour. What do you say about that? You, Zachary? Sweet and low? What's the other thing you use? Nutra. Thank Equal, thank you. Advocates of equal in the congregation. Okay. All I, tell you, all I can tell you, if it's God's will, and if God wants that to be together, and it is his will. Listen, marriage is God's will. It is God's will. The only thing is, we want the first package 
to last. We kind of want to stay giddy for the rest of our lives. No, stay in love. Stay in love. But the only way to stay in love is to hear the voice of God speaking to you. Love that man and love that woman. And that's it. You say, but there comes a moment that I, 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 I can't take anymore. I, I hyperventilate. I want to kill him. <laughs> well, hyperventilating is cared for the same way as the lessons for giving birth and labor. Take deep breaths. Take deep breaths and hold steady. Folks, I say things and you may laugh, but somehow or other, in here, there are a lot of knots and there are a lot of twists. And there's lots of feelings of, did I make a mistake? Uh, did I do something wrong? It's not what I thought it was. Well, let's concentrate on what God says. And you know what God says? When we will to love, his fountain of love will flow through us. And his fountain of grace will flow through us. And his fountain of power will flow through us. For he who honors the word of God honors God. And he who honors God will be blessed by God above. And there may be, th there may be things that seem so impossible. But God will get a hold of the impossible. He'll take the I am with him. And he'll leave you the possibility. Why? Because that's the way God works. And you say, but it hasn't worked with me. No, it hasn't. Because you haven't gotten close enough to him. You haven't gotten close enough to his word. You haven't gotten close enough in quiet times. You haven't gotten close enough to say, okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, this is what I've got. This is what you gave me. This is where I am. Accept it. And walk on it. And God's grace will be everything you could ever, ever need. I know there are things we have to learn. I know there are adjustments to be made. Next year I'll be married 40 years and I'm still adjusting. Joe is not adjusted at all. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We strive. We strive. Who said there's a perfect marriage? That's a lie. And if there is, somebody is not all there. <laughs> somebody lost it along the way. Because once two personal personalities fuse into one, that can't be. The only one we confuse into is God. But as far as personality and as far as who we are, we must be integros. We've got to be ourselves. Oh, your husband and your wife will fight. Honey, why aren't you like me? Don't answer that. Please don't. Be very dangerous. Because you don't have to be. You have to be you. And with God's grace, you're awfully nice. With God's grace, you can make it. Love and faithfulness. Love and faithfulness. Put it together. Hold on to it tight. And think of it not only in marriage. Think of it in your relationship to God. I love you and I'll be faithful to you, Lord. And when that, that's settled, everything down here starts to scramble for its place. Because that's the highest union 
all lower unions will find their place. Say amen.